I can guarantee you, number one, that I will beat your ass up and down every side of that damn place. Corporate member will ever interfere in my match. There will be bloodshed, and it ain't gonna be mine. The World Wrestling Federation for you will never, ever, ever be the same again. And now, Western Union presents WWF St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Welcome to the Retro Wrestling Podcast. This is episode 66. I'm intern Alex, joined as always by... Everyone's Valentine, the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Uh, wouldn't you think everyone's Valentine would be like uh, Brother Love or somebody like that? Or Well, we all know that I love you, so... Oh, wow. Just like Brother Love, man. You don't say it with as much passion. I, I don't. I don't. And your have face that. isn't bright red for some. That reason. is true. I don't have Bruce. Bruce. You're not Pritchard's, the color of a Valentine. Yeah. I. I don't have Bruce Pritchard's high blood pressure. So happy Valentine's so. Day to you, Patrick. It's a lovely Valentine's date we have here. It is. Uh, yes. Talking about pro wrestling from the year 1999, and of course discussing what happened in the world of professional wrestling for 2018 this uh first week of february has already flown by this this year is flying by this. it's crazy that new year's seems like it was yesterday and we're already a month in yeah and it was 70 degrees today and so that's cr- in february yeah yeah things are weird it's, things yeah Things are odd, but what do you bring forth from the news desk this week, sir? Okay, so I found out earlier in the week and messaged you about it, the Hogan and Flair at the Hard Rock in Tampa, Florida. Yes. Hogan seems to only do events basically in his backyard. Oh, yeah, of course. And so... But it was a, it was really cool. It was at the, hotel, the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Tampa, Florida, and... I sent it to you in a link, and I was like, man, we, we got to go. There are cheap flights from our city that we live in, Chattanooga. Allegiant Air is one of these discount rate. They're a cut-rate airline, so yeah. like you can get a ticket for like 70 bucks. And See, then I was really thinking about it. I was like, man, we could make a weekend trip, fly down there, do it, fly back, do the radio show, fill everybody in live from there. Yeah, well, but then you revealed how much the ticket prices Holy were. Holy shit. Just to listen to two guys talk. Now. General admission was 200 plus. 200 plus a piece. And, Ho- well, you know, Hogan needs the money. He doesn't have the money. That- he needs... More money. Hopefully, Ric Flair got a big cut of that. Uh, it wasn't mostly Hogan's cut, but I imagine that it probably was. Did that include anything? Did it include a drink? Not a, or? Not a damn thing. It included a ticket to go sit down, a chair, and watch them talk. So you're talking. I mean, that's more than what we paid for WrestleMania tickets yeah. last year. I mean, yeah. So because yeah. I was thinking, man, we can at least get you know. We'll get close to the the stage. I don't mind dropping a few extra bucks and getting close to this. close to the stage. Anywhere on the floor was three three fifty, and I'm going holy shit! More than the cost of the airline ticket to get down there. That's yes. pretty. That's insane. Yeah, to to watch them talk. The I mean, not saying that it, they it, could have filled that place full if they had kept it under a hundred bucks. Oh yeah, I know. I know huge wrestling fans, especially like us. We would have made that trip. 
because I'm thinking this is going to be a legendary sit-down conversation. I think $100 is about right, because if it was a ticket to see just Flair give a talk, it'd be 50 bucks or whatever. Yeah. And so I'd say Hogan, 50 bucks too, $100. Yeah. Bucks. And so, that should include an autograph, in yeah, my opinion. Yeah, something. I know it won't, but Something, yeah. something. A picture, something. It's definitely targeted to older fans, is all I can think of. Is people that say, I might... I might not live to see Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair again. Maybe you're never. It, it really is the possibility, and I, I don't want to put a dark cloud on it. But with what had happened to Rick just months ago, oh yeah, this could quite possibly be the last time that you, you never know. You see the greatest of all time and the, the most, most famous, the most famous of all time together in one place, and so it makes you. You know, it's a that right there is a nostalgia in itself of, man, I, I kind of want to be a part of this. I want to go and see this. And for me, I was. I was like, man, we got to go, dude. I was I was like, we, we got to go. And But when I started checking into it, man, I was like, holy shit. So what did Mr. Hogan and Mr. Flair have to say? I imagine that they... Just talked about old stuff back in the day, things like that. But... The only thing that really came out of it was Hulk said he is ready for one more WWE run. And you know what? Ric Flair is backing him. He says Ric Flair says he looks in great shape. He's been worked he's been working out with him. He looks like he could actually do one more big match. So could it possibly be we get Hogan and Cena? Because that's the match everybody's going to want to see. We got Hogan and Rock. We're going to get Hogan and Cena. I think if they were to have Hogan work a match, you're not talking about taking a lot of bumps or anything. It'd be a bells and whistles match, and so I would imagine the opponent would more likely be somebody like a Shane McMahon or a Vince McMahon even. If Vince wanted to... See, we already got Hulk and Vince. I know, and it was awesome. Yeah, Um, it was awesome. Yeah, there's not many matches left, really. I mean, there's nobody... You've seen him and Taker. You've seen him... I mean... I'm just trying to find a matchup where you can hide him, and he doesn't have to do a lot of work. And that's what is going to need to happen. I mean, even on some of those Nitros from the year 2000, Hogan's not taking a lot of back bumps. No. Even then. So now here we are... 18 years later, I'm not sure uh, he's going to want to take many. I'm sure he'll take one for the fall, you know, but that's... Well, Ric Flair's... little side note. Ric Flair's uh, website has the legendary shirts, this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, venue shirts. He is selling them on his website. And I'm sure they are at a reasonable rate. How much? $25. Oh, well, that's actually okay. I'm actually thinking about getting one. Yeah, but you weren't there. It's got so Hogan, it no... Hogan and Flair, Sit Down, Hard Rock Cafe, The Date. It's pretty cool. But we weren't there. Icon. It has no significance. That's true. I wouldn't have got this WrestleMania jacket that I made fun of previously. I wouldn't have got it if I wasn't at the WrestleMania I went to. That's so true. It's more shirts like that, event-based shirts, unless it's like some legendary, like if you wanted like a Survivor Series 97 shirt or something like Well, like me, I have a I have an original uh, deathmatch tournament from when Terry Funk and, and Cactus Jack McFoley and... Uh, yeah, some kind of historic Leatherface. I have one of those that actually I came across online and got, but... 
just a random event that we weren't at. I just don't. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I'm curious. The it's... new Colonel Sanders, Ric Flair, as we That's found true. out it. That is true. Royal Rumble. He he doesn't need the money. Now he's uh, Colonel Sanders for the WWE commercials. So Speaking of the Royal Rumble, we had a special entry in the Rumble in Rey Mysterio. That's right. We forgot to mention him as the other surprise. It was Hurricane and Rey Mysterio. Is the WCW Cruiserweight division was representing in uh, the Royal Rumble match. But Mysterio... His YouTube video of his debut or re-debut at the Royal Rumble did like 5 million YouTube views. It, it did more YouTube views than Ronda Rousey's video did. So uh, there was a lot of speculation that the company would try to bring him in for a full-time run. But I'm sure he's asking for quite a bit of money. And he probably wants a part-time schedule. He does not want to be on his knees, quite frankly, can't take a full-time schedule. So... He looked like he was in great shape. Well, he does. It was the best shape I think I've seen him in and in a long he, time. He is now following the footsteps of Chris Jericho, and because I thought he was going, I, I thought, well, this is his comeback to WWE. You know, no, he has followed Chris Jericho's footsteps. He has gone on to New Japan Pro Wrestling and challenged Jushin Thunder Liger. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Hogan and Flair all over again. I. This match will be absolutely amazing. I am ecstatic. I cannot wait. I want to see this match. Yeah, this is for the California show. Their uh, return to the U.S. It's a show called Strong Style Evolved. It'll happen on March 25th, and it's already sold out. They sold it out in 20 or 30 minutes. And so this is the first official booked match for that card so this is if you remember nxt a couple years ago when liger came in for one match did you watch that match yeah tyler breeze okay literally i don't drink i've never drunk alcohol but juice and thunder liger liger is like fine wine he just gets better with age because this man is literally him and two cold scorpio I think have found the fountain of youth because no matter how the the older they get, no matter how age defying they can make it, they they put on better matches. Well, I think it's certainly more impressive when you're an older uh, wrestler and you're still putting on relatively high quality matches. I'm not going to say he's as good as he was in 1992 or anything like that, but or in the Super Jays, you know, like he's, but he's still it's it's still very impressive. Look, I. I thought Sting's match against Seth Rollins was excellent, given that he's an older man. So right. I just I put in that context, yes, you know, I, they it's still incredible what they can do at their age. For me, I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be a very fast-paced match. Oh, it should be fun. It should be a fun. It's it's a fun show, and it's one that's booked for the fans. I mean, they've already sold out the event, so they didn't need to add this match. It's just something. Rey Mysterio, Mister Six One Nine, he's in California anyway. It'll be. It'll go over huge with the uh, the crowd there in attendance. Yeah. So, a very good decision. I don't think it means that there's an influx of WWE talent that's going to be jumping over to New Japan. Um, maybe Neville. That would probably be my only... I think Neville would work really well there. Oh, yeah. He would be excellent. He would be one of the top guys, I'd say, uh, of the non-Japanese performers uh, that are on the roster, but outside of that, that are that's on the current, outside of that 
one exception on the current roster, I don't see a lot of maybe some of the cruiserweights, maybe some of the other cruiserweights, but and uh, for like I don't think we're going to see like Ryback showing up in oh no in, yeah. uh, New Japan anytime soon. Uh, but yeah, it's very exciting news for fans of WCW and cruiserweight wrestling in general. It's two of the greatest ever. I was surprised there. I listened to an interview that one of my friends did. My friend Kyle that I work with at one of my other jobs, he interviewed one of his friends about pro wrestling because he wanted to understand a pro wrestling fan because he's not a pro wrestling fan. So he did this interview with his friend who's a big pro wrestling fan. And he asked the guy, who's the greatest wrestler of all time? And this guy, it's the first time I've ever heard someone say this, said Rey Mysterio. I've never heard that. Really? So... And he's really into cruiserweight wrestling, but to hear that, like, I mean, I would never consider him to be in the discussion just because of his promo work, and that's nothing right. against Ray. It's just the way it is. I mean, um, but so to have him booked against another guy that I would say, as far as best cruiserweight wrestler ever, I mean, these are two, these are the two guys that yes. would that would be in the discussion for greatest of all time. Cruiserweight wise, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm a Jushin Thunder Liger fan. I've always loved his in ring work. the The ground that he paved for for high flying uh, wrestling is is f- outstanding, phenomenal. The things that he has done and uh, incorporated now into, was way ahead of his time. Way ahead of his time, way. but it turned out his time was uh, for a long time. So yeah. it's still his time. Yeah, uh, uh, it's not Vader time. It's always uh, Liger time. Had I heard this before the Rumble, okay, I'd have thought, well, it's going to be the same slowed down, bad knees, Rey Mysterio that we're, pumped up. We're going to see just yeah, it's not going to be what the hype is. Then he shows up at the Royal Rumble, blows me away, thin down, looks good, looks almost like as close to possible of 1996 Ray that you can get. Yeah, was actually wearing tights instead of those baggy yeah. jean things he used to wear. I mean, he was he looked good, and he was moving really well, too. Yeah. And so you see that, and then now you hear this match, and you're like, oh, wow, he's in really good shape. I I really Liger's always been in great shape, stayed in shape. I, this is going to be an ultimate match. This is literally going to tear the house down. I can't wait. It does help bring me in when it's recognizable names that I've already been familiar with, and then it helps because then I'm watching the show already and I can discover other people that I don't know so much about. Yeah. So it's a great idea and. I don't know that they'll ever be a true contender to the WWE as far as being the number one worldwide promotion, but you got to start somewhere, I guess. New so. Japan's making a run, man. I mean, they've you know they're coming over here now. They're doing shows over here. It's uh, the internet has made it a lot easier to get the content. It's not like in the days of tape trading or uh, right. having to go out of your way to get it. You can find it now. So well, I mean, we used to have to buy Pro Wrestling Illustrated just to see what was going on in New Japan or around the world because you didn't get that here. Right, exactly. Even up to the early '90s, yeah, it's uh, the times have changed, and I think with New Japan and Ring of Honor having their little 
Oh, having a talent exchange. Yeah. Yeah, having their talent exchange and having their having their Super Card of Honor in New Orleans happening on Saturday night before WrestleMania is going to feature a main event between Cody Rhodes and Kenny Omega. I mean, to me, that's the main event of the weekend right now. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the one that I would rather see than what what I already know is taking place. So Yeah. Watch out WWE because you know, Ring of Honor and New Japan teaming together kind of knocking on your door. As I mentioned, Sinclair, the, the parent company of Ring of Honor, when they fulfill their acquisition of Tribune Media and have access to WGN, the Superstation, and they can actually be on cable instead of being on broadcast, which they're already on a lot of broadcast channels because Sinclair owns a lot of TV channels in this country, but I'm not going to say... I'm not. They're not going to be on the level instantly, but they'll definitely... It's content that they can produce cheaply and air on their cable network, and so I think that yeah, something's coming, WWE. So just if WWE can eliminate some of the things we always we always criticize them about, like scripted promos, uh, the stale uh, announcing and commentary, interviews, that kind of stuff. Oh, three man announce teams are killing me. And just make some positive changes, then I don't think they'll have anything to worry about. But there's certain things that they do that, as a wrestling fan. Uh, Hard, really annoying. Hardcore fans. Now, young kids are going always want to go with WWE because that's what WWE now has geared towards. But hardcore wrestling fans, they're looking for their they're looking for their fix somewhere else, and they want a great in ring product. And the hardcore wrestling fans are the ones that keep you in business. Uh, that's just. And the quicker WWE find, realizes that, the the better off they're going to be because the kids aren't paying the bills. Let's. I don't mean to. I don't mean that to be an ass. It's just. No. If I had children, which I don't, uh, if I had them, that you I would, know of. Yeah, <laughs> I would probably want them to more watch New Japan as far as like. Better, I would want to watch the better in-ring product. Yeah. And I would rather buy them a Bullet Club shirt than a Randy Orton shirt, you know. Or a Balor Club. Yeah, yeah, I'm not buying the off-brand uh, shit. So anyway, what else from the news desk that's, this That's week? all I got, man. That's I just all. wanted to briefly mention Ring of Honor is finally going to introduce a women's championship. The Women of Honor are finally going to be represented. They... Are following in the footsteps of WWE. It's monkey see, monkey do, but that's fine. That's fine. It's a step forward, and they've debuted. Tennille Dashwood, aka Emma, is going to be their star, their headliner. Uh, the main, their their Gail Kim will be Emma. So we'll have to see how this goes. But they've experimented with women of honor in the past, and they've they've done broadcasts on YouTube and stuff. And Ian Riccoboni is the play-by-play guy, the normal Ring of Honor. Or, yeah, he's the normal Ring of Honor guy. But his co-host, Patrick, is a guy I'm familiar with. QT Marshall is the co-host on these Women of Honor specials. So I'm curious to see how he'll be incorporated, if at all, into the Women of Honor division so an old an old wrestling feud of mine where yes uh which was cut from the dvd so well for those fans who don't know they can find it on youtube you can find it on youtube qt marshall chattanooga as he took on cheeseburger cheeseburger fought for my honor patrick he he did did. he didn't come out victorious no 
But you know what? You got the last laugh. I did. I. You tripped him. Yes, we did the old, uh, I get down on all fours and cheeseburger shoved QT Marshall over me. And that was my one wrestling moment. That was my WrestleMania moment. Yeah, you were in Ring of Honor, on a Ring of Honor pay-per-view. So. Well, it was a DVD. I mean, everything, even their house shows, everything they did was a DVD. You know, everything's a DVD. They don't let anything go to waste. So Valentine's Day, it's a romantic uh, thing. When it's I think a, of Valentine's Day, I think of pro wrestling. I think of the love that I have for Vince McMahon. <laughs> yes, exactly, which is why he's on the poster for WWF St. Valentine's Day Massacre. And he's holding roses. Roses, but with the thorns still on so he could get a bloody hand. Because yeah. he's got grapefruits, Patrick. He's not a he's not a pussy grabbing fucking roses with no thorns on him. It's February 14th. It really is Valentine's Day, 1999. We are going to... <laughs> The Pyramid in yes. Memphis, Tennessee, which is now a Bass Pro Shops. The arena section of the Pyramid went out of business in 2004. I mean, this was a place that hosted a Mike Tyson fight. Yeah. It was his. It was the only place. There's no uh, boxing commission in Tennessee, so Mike Tyson, after the ear biting incident, couldn't get a license anywhere, and so his comeback match was at the Pyramid in Memphis. Uh, against Lennox Lewis, I think, was the match, or that was where the match took place. I think it was Lennox Lewis. But so they've hosted big events and they drew nearly 20,000 people for this in your house. Most in your houses drew like uh, 5,000 people. Yeah, five to six. They were in smaller venues, seven, like the, the UTC Arena. And yeah. this is also when they start phasing out the in your house branding. It was more St. Valentine's Day Massacre and then in little words, in your house, by the way. Yeah. This is also when it was still a three-hour show. Those In Your Houses were supposed to be shorter shows. I, w- I would love to see In Your House pay-per-views back. A shorter show? I would absolutely love that. NXT shows, those takeovers that are two hours, two and a half hours at most, that's perfect. Yeah. There's no clutter. Yeah. At Royal Rumble, if you watched the Mountain Dew KFC Little Debbie pre-show kickoff super show, you're there from five o'clock... Until 11.30 at night, Patrick. Yes, I mean because they went till 11.30 on the dot. So. That's a little much. Yes. Even for me, and even for someone like you. Our sponsor tonight, Western Union Money Transfer, the only way to send money. This is before PayPal, of course. For anybody who wants to send me a Western Union MoneyGram, I will gladly take it. Any form of cash donation, Patrick. Yeah, I'll send, you an, I'll send you an autograph in Wow. Return. That's valuable stuff. That is valuable stuff, because I don't hand those out very often. Yes. As I mentioned, the Pyramid now, a Bass Pro Shop. So if you want to go relive where Big Show debuted, you can stand in aisle four of Bass Pro Shops in (laughs) Memphis, Tennessee, and relive the glory days. (laughs) Naturally, since it's Valentine's Day, let's start with a nice love song. You drive me crazy. Vince McMahon and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yes, this is about love between that, Stone. That's beautiful. Between that's, Stone Cold and Vince, this is all about love. That that was completely beautiful. Yes, I will be cutting that probably because I included the full song at the start of the show. Big Pyro. Remember when they used to have Pyro at these shit. things? A lot of Pyro. Wow. For a fucking in I your house. I was thinking we were watching a WrestleMania. Well, Vince was in the main event, so get that. Damn pyro. Kevin Dunn, get the pyro. 
Now, unfortunately tonight, no JR as he was out with his Bell's palsy attack, which had happened after his mom passed away in December, I believe, of 98, and he missed the Mick Foley title win in January, and he missed this show as well. So we get Cole, who was not... This was before he was annoying Michael Cole. He actually did fine. He did good here. He was just play-by-play Michael Cole, no company shilling, no... No BSing, no running your mouth, running other people down, co-hosts. Yeah, he wasn't playing a heel or a face here. It was just... Straight straight shooter, Michael Cole here, with Jerry Lawler. Now, a big mistake they made tonight was, why didn't they book Lawler in a match? Now I, I agree. It, it seemed like he was feeling under the weather because his voice was slowly going away as this show progressed. So I don't know if he maybe said, I'm just not feeling good today, guys, but... This crowd was hot for Jerry Lawler. There were tons of... This is his town. Well, he, he was At this point in time, he was running for mayor. Of Memphis. One of his many attempts at running for mayor, by the way. This would not be his last, no. either. Um, and yeah, lots of support in the crowd. This, I mean, this is his town. Yeah. And you're not going to put him in, even in a dark match. No the Jerry The king Lola. of the king. The real king. The real king of Memphis. I mean, we all know Elvis, but the real king is Jerry the King Lawler. Or Jimmy King. And so... <laughs> From Ready to Rumble, yes, From Ready of course. To Rumble, yes. Jimmy King kind of did look like Elvis, but he didn't play an Elvis. Jimmy King, he was rapper. He was a rapper. Yeah, he was guy. rapper. Yeah, a terrible rapper. I will really. PN News was a better rapper than. <laughs> uh, Damn, that's that's cold. Yo, baby, yo, baby, yo. We start the night. Well, I'll briefly mention the dark matches that we missed. Oh. Yes. What dark They matches. did have a Lawler on the card. It was Brian Christopher and Scott Taylor too much before they got cool. They defeated the Hardy Boys uh, in a dark match. It wasn't even on heat. Wow, too much got a win? They did. <laughs> I guess it was, we're in Memphis. You uh, can have a win gotcha. in the yeah. dark match. Yeah. On heat, Viscera with Midian defeated Test. So it was, uh, this was the big, the hot and heavy corporation versus ministry feud that we'd be treated to later on tonight as well. Yeah, and can I just say that Midian and his little glass thing creeps me the fuck out. It was an odd choice to have him carry that object. We'll get to it to the match, but it really creeped me out. And your main event of Sunday Night Heat, boy, strap in folks for a 40-second no contest between Billy Gunn and Tiger Ali Singh. Wow, what a Sunday Night Heat we missed. We actually did miss a lot of segments on Sunday Night Heat that had some impact on tonight, but no matches. Yes, some major impact when we had The Rock attack Mankind for no reason. Mankind was just sitting there with, or was standing there with Bob Backlund and the Iron Sheik, and yeah, and he's in his. You they're know, just having a chat. They're, they're having a chat, and out of nowhere, with a coffee, this giant coffee, that, co- those big tin coffee jugs. Yeah, the coffee. I want to say cooler type thing, but it's not a cooler. It's a heater thing. You know what I'm saying? And like a, an insulated metal coffee mug, tin, tin, yeah. like a. You'd see it like a restaurant yeah. or whatever. He just attacks him with it. Starts beating on him for no reason. Yeah, the match hadn't started yet, bro. No. It starts welling away at his knee and completely 
dislocates his kneecap, cracks his patella. Yeah. Makes makes, but it is a last man standing match. So this is a good strategy. It is because just break your legs if he can't stand. One, if two, you don't three. have legs, you can't stand. That's it. I want to know why Bob Backlund didn't get involved and save. It is true. The wrestlers that were standing around with Mick just allowed him to be beaten yes. senselessly by yes. The Rock. Yes. Very weird. Sorry, I just wanted to throw yeah, that in there. Thank you. I didn't even think about that. Why are they just standing around? Like, oh, okay, that's fine. Just just cripple this man for no reason. Yeah, I'll just stand here. You know, I'm not... They didn't pay me to get involved, guys. Oh, what an opening match we are treated to on this card. As Gold Dust is out to take on Blue Dust. Oh, yeah, baby. I love this match. The Blue Meanie in his very brief WWE run. Uh, they set this up last night on Saturday Night Raw, as this was one of those weeks I believe they were probably preempted by the dog show, I believe is what happened. Hmm. Unless they just had an extra Raw. I'm too lazy to look it up. It was one of those two things. The Blue Meanie did the unthinkable. He dumped blue paint on Goldust and allowed Gilbert to get a win on Goldust. Gilbert won? Gilbert defeated Goldust. That's correct. That's like... That lets you know where Goldust is in his WWF career at this yeah. time as well. Goldust beats on Blue Meanie before Blue Meanie can remove his robe. Meanie decides to focus on Goldust's left leg. He wrenches it and starts humping at it, which I don't know what kind of effect that would have on your leg. Goldust it then... had an effect on his. <laughs> in retaliation, Goldust, to our dismay, gives Blue Meanie a wedgie and spanks him. Oh, yes. This was hideous. B- lovely. As much as I complain about Ric Flair getting his ass out, uh, I'd rather see that than the Blue Meanie's ass. As someone with an unflattering ass myself, I do not want to see Blue Meanie's ass. I have a pretty nice ass, actually. Goldust sets up Meanie for Shattered Dreams, which would get him DQ'd. Luckily, Meanie boots Goldust in the face. Meanie then... Does his one move, a moonsault, but misses. Goldust hits the curtain call, a little throwback to his old finisher, and defeats Blue Meanie Dust. After the bell, he hits Shattered Dreams, his new finisher, and gets the Memphis crowd going for it. They were hyped yeah. to see this dude get kicked in the nuts. Yes. They were into it. This match went about three minutes. This is towards the end of Goldust's WWF run, his first one. Well, his first one as Goldust, not his brief Dustin Rhodes run. So his second one, technically. Ryan Shamrock would become Goldust Valet in the months to come. Goldust won the Intercontinental Championship from Road Dog and then lost it to the Godfather two weeks later. He would then form a tag team with the man he defeated tonight, Blue Meanie, and would take on the Hardy Boys in a brief feud and then left the company in May 1999 to go to WCW as Seven. The weird, creepy... Child molester. Child, peeping Tom. White face. White face, black trench coat, black hat, white-faced Undertaker, levitates to the ring. And then turns into the natural Dustin Rhodes again. Oh, I love that shit. Or no, the American Nightmare Dustin Rhodes, excuse... Or, yeah, the American Nightmare, which is what Cody Rhodes uses sometimes now. So anyway, that's weird. But yeah, so he... Of course, it's a very famous segment on Nitro... He says, 
This se- seven sucks. Gold dust sucks. Dustin sucked. Well, no, I'm dusted now. So fuck you guys, basically. <laughs> so that was gold dust. He looked in terrible shape here tonight. He was. He wasn't happy, and you he was tell. into the drugs. One of his many battles with uh, demons, which wouldn't get sorted out until his latest run in WWE, where he looks great. Yeah. And I, when he came into the Rumble, he was. Like I say, they've never done the angle where the grizzled veteran that has never gotten the chance, he's been in the most Rumbles ever. He set the record at the Rumble of most Rumble appearances. They've never done that angle where, you know, we always talk about the Rumble. The thing about the Rumble, anybody can win, right? That's the idea. Let's have that shocker of the, the old dog... The the veteran, I the, think the, the guy crowd, who's never made it past mid card status, holy shit, just shocked the world. Gold Dust is going on to main event WrestleMania for the world heavyweight title. And I think if you built it right, maybe if oh, you said if, if Gold Dust was a month or two before saying, "I'm going into the Rumble. If I don't win the Rumble, I'm going to retire." Yeah. Then he wins it. Yeah. And then he goes on. Yeah, I think people would get behind that. I just yeah. think that's something you don't even have. It, that's it, a that's a that's a rocky story, man. Yeah, it doesn't have to be gold dust. You know, it could no. be somebody else. Like our um, truth. If you really, if you write it the right way, if you write the story the right way. I mean, I just think they've never done that. I'm angle. not saying Zack Ryder, but we're saying <laughs> Dolph Ziggler. You finally did it. Um. No, yeah, I mean, it, it's a, it takes a certain person. I mean, yeah. I just think the idea, because even though anybody can win it, you go into every year knowing these four or five people can win it, and they never deviate from the, that. No, yeah. There's never a shock. Yeah. They've come close. I mean, the Benoit win was a bit of a shock, but not that much, because he had flirted with the main event before, so it wasn't like... Anyway, I'm getting off track. And Ray's win was strictly due to Eddie. Eddie, and so Austin and McMahon were on heat earlier tonight, and McMahon did the unthinkable. He spit in the face of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Despite I didn't see any spit actually hit Austin's face. In fact, I think he spit in the general direction of Stone Cold Steve Austin. But I'll play along. Sure. They had to sign the contract tonight for the match. They yeah. they were behind on their paperwork up at Stanford and uh, needed to sign it for tonight. Tonight, apparently. Al Snow and Bob Holly, the hardcore title, has been vacated. It's the job squad explodes as one of these two men will be the new hardcore champion. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, one of the real reasons I picked this pay-per-view because when I think of the hardcore title and a hardcore title match... I think of this match. I love this match. <laughs> this is a great match. Uh, Entertaining from start to finish. Uh, Holly dumps snow on the steps of the bleachers. Holly then smashes a light bulb in Al Snow's face and uses the fire extinguisher on him. Brawl to the back. Reach out and touch somebody, Al Snow screams, the old AT&T slogan as he smashes Bob Holly with a payphone receiver. A payphone receiver. Ladies and gentlemen, a payphone receiver. Holly busts floor tiles over Al Snow's head. Why were there random floor tiles here? I don't know. Snow hits Holly with a broom and a mop. He's doing a little cleaning for the pyramid. Holly chucks Al Snow into a fire lane sign 
and knocks it down, which I think could get him in trouble with the law for some well, reason. Well, you know what? A Tennessee State Patrol officer was parked right was there. parked in the fire lane. <laughs> It is true. He witnessed a crime. He he, w- he witnessed assault he being did. committed out yes. there, and he he witnessed the removal of a, an important a, sign, a very important sign. So, if there was a fire tonight, no one would know where to park the fire truck. Exactly. Or no one would know not to park in the fire lane because the painted lines on the ground doesn't doesn't no. mean anything. It's all about that sign. Yes, I felt really bad for that sign. <laughs> Holly and Snow battle through some fences outside the pyramid, and Snow chokes Holly with some barbed wire for a minute, which was just that's his girlfriend, Barbie Wire. <laughs> no, that's Barbara Bush. You're thinking BB? No, Barbie Wire. That's what he said. He said his girlfriend is... I want oh. you to meet my girlfriend, Barbie Wire, as he threw it around his neck I and started choking. That. Yes. That's not that cool. <laughs> they go toward the riverbank as uh, the pyramid is near the Mississippi River. And it is very cold outside, ladies and gentlemen. It is February. It is February. All. It is... Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. It is right at 22 degrees outside when this match is taking place. They go towards this riverbank, and Holly hits Snow with a stop sign. Snow puts Holly into a wheelbarrow for a second, but then says, "Ah, eh, fuck it. I'll just, we'll just walk and brawl toward the river. Snow throws Holly into the river and dives in after him. Yes. Which he's committed to the bit. Holly then decks Snow with a stick that the, flies into the camera. The cameraman is hardcore, ladies and gentlemen. He is. He's now involved in this match. If it was a 24-7 rule, that cameraman, that would have hurt if that stick actually hit the cameraman. I hope it just hit, like, maybe his light or some other rig. Hit or the went camera over. itself? Yeah. That was a big-ass stick. Dude, that that, he broke that over his back, and that piece just went flying right at the camera guy. Driftwood. Like, yeah. So anyway. The Mississippi River has all kinds of stuff floating in it. And this driftwood, As most rivers do. This driftwood had floated right by at the right point in time for Al Snow. For Hardcore Holly. Or for Hardcore Holly to break over Al Snow. Holly then uses his mind. Don't ever question this man's intelligence. I know you remember him as Thurman Sparky Plug, but he's a smart guy. He is. He sees some chain link and says, you know what? I'm going to roll Al Snow up in this so he can't move. And so he does, and he pins him. One, two, three. And he's the hardcore champion, and this man celebrates like he just won the world title because he wants to go in the ring. He runs all the way back from the river. Yes. Runs all the way back into the ring. Yes. To grab the belt and celebrate. So well, absolutely. This was a big accomplishment for him. Huge. Well, it was the redesignation of his character. I mean... Um, He's no longer a job squad. This was the end of the job squad for him. And yes. Hardcore Holly would be born. Born of this match. So there you go. Uh, the hardcore era is upon us. I love this match. This was just a plunder match where it was walk- I, too much walk and brawl for me. It's just too much. We're walking this way. I'm going to hit you with this. Okay, you pick up that. You hit me. When I, when if they had done a few more, more moves... I'm not saying you got to hit a snowplow out in the river or whatever, but when when I when I think of hardcore title matches though, I think of this match. I think of Road Dog and Al Snow and Road Dog breaking those poinsettias over Al Snow's head because you know that shit hurt like hell. The pile driver through the pallet. The pile driver through the pallet. I I think of 
the 24-7 with Crash. Uh, I mean, but this this match in particular always sticks out in my mind and a lot of people's minds as one of the highlights of the hardcore title. Because this match rates up there as one of the best hardcore title matches of all time. Oh, that's ridiculous. I think so. Too much walk and brawl for me. And then, of course, Holly's celebration was a little unnecessary as this prestigious title would be held by such people as Godfather's Ho. So there you go. The hardcore title. But it was also held by Gerald Briscoe and Pat Patterson. So. Yeah. Who caught it when they were sleeping. Yes. Gerald Briscoe did, anyway. Now we cut backstage. Undertaker is with the ministry. And he says, The higher power has spoken with him tonight. And their purpose, each of their purpose, begins tonight. Nine individual souls combined to make one ministry. Let it be known that on February 14th, St. Valentine's Day Massacre, that the massacre they witness here tonight will be nothing like the massacre that the ministry unleashes from here on. Brother Midian, tonight you step into the ring with the boss man. You will take his soul. You will weaken his body. Tonight, the power from beyond has spoken to me. Our fate and our purpose in life begins tonight. Big Boss Man for the corporation is out next. He's taking on, from the ministry, Midian. Midian has an eyeball in a jar. Yes, you heard right. He has an eyeball in a jar of formaldehyde. (laughs) Yeah. Now, this creeps me the fuck out. Because I thought it was bullshit until... The, it looked real to me. Until I, It is real. Until the camera guy zooms in and you actually see this eyeball floating in there. But here's the thing about it. To a fan sitting in the rafters, to a fan even watching Midian walk down on the screen, it looks like he's holding a jar of his own piss. Yes. That's what it looks like to me. Because it's yellow. You can't see the eyeball. It's not like... A giant, like, they should have gotten, like, a worked eyeball, honestly. That would have been just, like, a Cyclops, like, a baseball-sized fucking eyeball. That way I know what it is. Because even when the camera zooms in on it, you just see, like, the back stem of it, you know? It's not like, I'm just not really feeling this idea for uh, Midian. But this would not be the worst idea they had for Midian. No, because uh, he would later become naked. Yes. Midian sets his eyeball jar next to King. So, thanks, I guess. God, that's, that really, that it, it creeps me out, man. It really creeps me out. That That's a Valentine's gift that I don't want. He should have had it not in a jar and just in his hand. Oh, no, like wiggling the shit. Yeah, no, yeah. God, no, God, See, no. isn't that no, much worse? No, yeah. shit, no. <laughs> no, fuck, no. So Boss Man beats on Midian and says... Ministry sucks ass in his uh, lovely Cobb County delivery. He tries to deck Midian with a chair, but Midian dodges it and bites Boss Man's hand. Ouch. Boss Man hits a splash on Midian, and then boring chants break out as they exchange rest holds. Midian, I'm not kidding, German suplexes the big Boss Man. But then they both hit stereo clotheslines and knock each other down. 
Midian tries a clothesline but gets hit with a boss man slam, which Michael Cole does not call it a boss man slam. Shame on you. Ray Trailer gets the win here as the corporation goes up on the ministry <laughs> for whatever reason. The ministry not satisfied with this, though. They come out and circle the ring. The Undertaker looks on from the ramp. The Ministry attack boss man. Viscera splashes him several times, and he is presumed to be dead, as he is now, his arms are folded up on him, and the Ministry kidnap Big Boss Man, which, of course, you know where this leads, Patrick. Your favorite Hell in a Cell match ever. Yes. WrestleMania 15, Undertaker and Big Boss Man, where Big Boss Man was lynched in the middle of the ring, and then showed up on Raw the next night. Very next night. This man just got hung to death. And then the very next night... He was fine. He's fine. This is a terrible match. Uh, this match shouldn't have happened on Bad. this card. Bad. The, uh, I, this should have been on the pre-show. Oh, yeah. This is a heat match. Like This undercard was really rough, Patrick. I'm sorry. This was a really rough uh, undercard. As most... Attitude Era cards were, if I could take the WCW undercards and mix them with the WWF main event around this time, things would just be perfect. Yes. D'Lo Ivory and Mark Henry are with Kevin Kelly. D'Lo says if Deborah interferes, Ivory will strip her. Jerry the King is hoping for some interference tonight. He's not the only one. I'm kind of hoping for it, too. And the crowd is, too. Will they get what they want? Yes, they will. Everyone gets into the ring and sexual chocolate. It is Valentine's Day. This is this man's holiday. Sexual chocolate presents Ivory with some sexual chocolate. Yes, chocolates and ro- rose singular. I was going to say roses. No, he handed her one rose. So there you go, Ivory. His latest fling of many conquests he had as sexual chocolate, including, including Mae Young. Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart are out with Deborah. They are the tag team champions of the world. Owen smacks Mark Henry, then Henry tees off on Owen and clotheslines him. King starts losing his voice during this match, and by the end of the night, it would be completely gone. D'Lo hits a power slam to Jarrett, and Henry clotheslines the heels. Deborah plays mind games with Mark Henry as she shows him her tatas, or attempts to. Somewhat, yeah. Yeah. Jarrett hits a flatliner to D'Lo, and Owen tags in, and the heels double-team D'Lo while Henry's distracted. Nugget chants break out for Owen as they would haunt him, sadly, until the end. Owen hits a spinebuster to D'Lo, and Jarrett lands a forearm. Owen hits a nice enziguri, as he always does, to D'Lo, and nearly gets a three-count. The heels double-team D'Lo again and keep him away from Mark Henry. Jarrett locks in a headlock to D'Lo for a good 45 seconds. Owen comes in, hits a spinning heel kick to D'Lo for a two-count. Owen low blows D'Lo as the ref is distracted with Mark Henry. D'Lo hits a running powerbomb to Owen, but can't cover because it took all his energy. Another one of these moves, Patrick, where, oh man, I'm so exhausted after hitting this move. Don't do that move anymore. And especially what the running powerbomb would do later on in the year. Don't do that move anymore. Oh, yeah. Both men make tags, and Mark Henry runs wild on the heels, but he misses a splash, and the big man goes down. D'Lo counters a Jeff Jarrett Hurricane Rana attempt. I don't know what he was trying here. And 
D'Lo powerbombs him for a two count. I'm not sure how D'Lo became the legal man here exactly. The ref did not do a good job with tags during this match. Not at all. Once again, Debra distracts D'Lo this time by showing him the goods. Ivory, though, not happy with this, goes over and confronts Debra. This allows Owen to grab the guitar, hit Henry in the leg instead of a head guitar shot. Shatters the guitar into Jer- pieces all over his his the side of his knee. Ref doesn't seem to notice no. any of that. Double J locks on the figure four and crying like a little bitch, Mark Henry taps. That's right. Mark Henry screams uncle and the tag champs retain. After the match, Ivory rips the clothes off Deborah as promised. Sort of. And the fans get what they want, except sort of. Sort of, as always, because you know, you're not you're not gonna get boobs every time, guys. I mean, in fact, you only got it like once, you know, intentionally, and that was Miss Kitty that one time. Um, but Jared or May Young, if you oh yes, from just a few weeks ago, we covered that uh, yes Miss Rumble win for yes. her. Jeff Jarrett, of course, covers her up and denies us the chance to see the puppies in their full glory as Owen and Jarrett walk to the back. I really loved Owen and Jarrett as a tag team. I thought they worked very well together. That was a great duo. And I thought D'Lo, I mean, D'Lo was a guy that I would peg for greatness at this point. I thought he looked tremendous. I thought that even on the mic, he was a good promo. I thought this guy, I'm not saying he he would ever get to the same level as The Rock, but I definitely saw potential there to get close. And Owen and Jarrett, I just always thought these guys worked really well together and... You know, Russo was pitching a, an angle with Owen cheating on his wife with Deborah, so that was uh, not going to happen. That made Owen very upset, and that's when they decided to go to the Blue Blazer gimmick, and so that's what uh, happened with that tag team. Then we go to Kevin Kelly, who's with Mankind, suffered a knee injury on Heat when, of course, we mentioned this. Rock bashed him with the metal coffee container. Just a man standing out on stairwell just having a chat. This rock comes out of there and just beats the hell out of this guy. For no reason. Mankind, by his standards, I usually praise Mick Foley's promo skills. This was a shitty promo. <laughs> this was a really bad promo, guys. And you can listen to it right now. Well, will the effects of a knee injury suffered earlier tonight impact the last man standing match? And with the challenger Mankind, and I know that... Let's, in fact, let's just take a look right now and show you exactly what happened. Uh, doing the Harvard step test with... Mr. Backlund. Uh, Rock comes in with a cheap shot. you got to respect that, though. Comes in. He's willing to follow up his work, which makes him a very uh, very good contender. Here it is, a third cheap shot. What he's trying to do is make his work a little bit easier for him. But I'll tell you what, Kevin Kelly, it's going to take a hell of a lot more than that to get the job done. Because Rock and I have been all over the place. He tried to bludgeon me. He did bludgeon me, but couldn't make me say I quit. So what I'm doing is I'm taking this match very, very seriously. And believe me, I have a game plan which I intend to stick to. And I'm about to get myself in a state of mental preparation, which is going to make me a very, very ugly person, if you can believe that. Hey, if you send in your cable bill, you can get a free Superstars photo magnet. You could, Your face, Patrick, could be in the middle of Rock, Austin, Kane, and Undertaker, and it can live on your refrigerator. My face has always been in the middle of Rock, Austin, Kane, and Undertaker. Now, it's absolutely free, of course, with 
$10 shipping and handling, of course. Yeah, and proof proof of purchase of the paper. Yeah, your cable bill, yeah. which I'm sure you always keep an extra copy of just in case always. you need that that magnet. Always. Send your uh, satellite or your cable bill to the address on your screen. You can win yourself a free photo magnet. They don't win it. They get it. We'll they get send it, it to them for free. Yeah. Photo magnet. I'll tell you what. I got a question, though. So, you know, in, in your house, they always had that shit like send or that or send in for a lot of paper. Yeah. Send in for a event T-shirt or, you know, send in for an event coffee mug or. There was a great one I saw that I think it was from a WCW pay-per-view in 2000 that I was just randomly watching one day, not for the show or had on what they were offering. It was so perfect for WCW in 2000. A life raft, a Hulkamania life raft, like get away from the sinking ship of WCW. It's like <laughs> it was a perfect metaphor for like, but yeah, uh, WCW did this too. Like they would give you a little. Uh, I want to know because you know not everybody, not everybody, actually followed through with this. Oh no, that was the hardly whole point. nobody did. But you know they had to make a bunch in bulk, right? For just, just the, the potential, just the potential. What happened to all this shit that nobody... I always wonder about, like, what do they do with the stuff that doesn't sell? Yeah. Like, I, like there's some village in Africa, some remote village it's got, where, like, some legendary cheap wrestling shit. Yeah, they're just decked out in, like, John Cena's, you know, rapper gimmicks shit. Yeah. Like, you know, or they've got a bunch of Enzo Amore merchandise at this oh, moment. Oh, too early. Too soon. Too soon. The next match... Oh, God. The next match... <laughs> The next match is none other than your personal favorite of all time, Val Venus. Val Venus. And you know what? He is not coming by himself. He is coming to the ring with the love of your life, your true Valentine, Ryan Shamrock. Oh, no. Yes, yes. And to defend his sister's honor, he will be taking on... Ken Shamrock. No, no. Guess what? It's such a dangerous feud. No referees want to be involved. So we had to get a special referee. None other than you better call somebody the one and only Mr. Ass Billy Gunn. For no real reason. No. He had like very little to do. He mooned Ryan Shamrock. We got two words for you. Uh, Yeah, again. Okay, so I'm glad you mentioned that. Okay, so. There was no road dog. He's injured, in quotation marks. So that's why the hardcore title is vacated. So he's not on the show. So it's Billy Gunn coming out to their music. Yes. And he does the road dog part when he comes out to Oh, You Didn't Know That's why I said you better call somebody, because he does it, but he does it so shitty. Oh, I know. He does it terribly. Yeah. But... Okay, but he still gave it a go. He still gave it a try. Yeah. But then when he gets into the ring, I expect, ladies and gentlemen, I expect the whole thing... No. He just goes shit. right to his part. He just goes to two words for you, suck it. Yeah. I think that's weird. Yeah. That he never gave it a try. Never. Why not? This is our 1999 King of the Ring coming up, Patrick, and he can't even cut a generic, oh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children, children of all. Ages. He can't do that? That's true. Jeez. I mean, it's not that many words. But well, for Ryan, I'm sure. Oh, God. You know, okay. Those two words have come into, never mind. Oh. Too, too, too soon. Too soon. 
Dude. Guys, there's <laughs> you love this match. This match is going on my top ten of worst matches that we've watched for this show. Not my ter- top. It's not my top ten worst match of all time list because I think that's different. But of what we've reviewed on this show, it's it's, it's up there. It's up there as being one of the worst things I've ever seen. And here's the deal. I I love. I love Val Venus, the character, the gimmick. Yeah, and I like Ken Shamrock. And Ken Shamrock is phenomenal. I thought, I mean... And Billy Gunn... Very underused. Yes, and Billy Gunn can add a lot to a match because he's he's very entertaining, he's very outgoing and charismatic. However, I don't know if, like, we were all having an off night or... If somebody just wasn't feeling it and we all decided to screw around, I don't know. But this match was terrible. No, it was terrible because it was given over 15 minutes. It went 15.53. It went a minute longer than the Corporation versus DX match next. In fact, if you count the official time of the Vince McMahon and Austin match from bell to bell, yeah, it went eight minutes longer than that. The official match time. Yes. Now, of course, we there was a lot of shenanigans in the main event. Well, but, yeah. Uh, this is bullshit, guys. Hello, Kenny. What? Shamrock's sister in Val's latest flick. Kenny, that's one sweet sister. <laughs> they don't mess with my family. That, that's my sister they're talking about. This guy's corrupting her mind. She's not thinking straight. Right. They were in the shower together. He disrespected my sister. And nobody, nobody gets right with that. Hello, Kenny. I'm in the zone. I'm about to lose control. Kenny, do you think that your sister has actually seen the Big Balboa in person? I promised my sister I cannot lay a hand on him. Shamrock from behind with a chair. I'm a man of my word. Shamrock has got a chair, King. Did he not go now? Oh! Shamrock just snapped. He disrespected my sister. Shamrock's gonna freak out. His head is gonna explode. Shamrock's freaking out. Val is toast. Payback time. I would not want to be Val Venus. No, thank you. She loves him. Oh, wrong words. That is the worst three words you can hear. Being a big brother. I love him. Ew. But, do you actually do play-by-play, or do you have... I have... Yeah, I have a few things. Okay. Now, this match is given a lot of... I mean, it's get, it gets its own promo package. Yes. Okay, and here's also... Okay, so here's the story. It's very... It's a simple story. Val Venus made a porno with Ryan Shamrock, who is kayfabe Ken Shamrock's sister. Now... She would later show up in WCW Symphony, worked the indie circuits after that. Ryan Shamrock is an adult and can make decisions for herself. And if she wants to be in a porno with a porn actor and shoot a porno, that's up to her. This makes Ken Shamrock seem like a heel. Well, yeah. He's defending his sister. Defending her? She is too young and does not know what is right for her. She was blinded by... I want to say love, but I don't think that... She was blinded by the big Val Boski. There you go. Yeah. The big Val Boski blinded Ryan Shamrock and so so what never mind but it makes him seem jealous yes. in a weird way which we'll get to in a minute where they wanted to go with this angle 
Billy Gunn comes out, as we mentioned. He does the New Age Outlaws entrance. And I notice he's chewing a big-ass piece of gum. I guess he learned from Shawn Michaels. Just fucking chew gum. I mean, why even care I mean, about what you're doing? Just chewing a big load of gum. That was probably a big league chew. Probably was. Or hubba bubba. Val is out with Ryan Shamrock. Ryan Shamrock's real name, Alicia Webb. As I mentioned, yes, she would be the valet of the maestro in WCW when Russo got there in 99 as Symphony. Because every maestro has his symphony. <laughs> Ru- so Russo, timeout. Russo leaves to go and run WCW. Yes. He has a pick of quite a few people he could take Of all him. the people, yeah. And he takes... Don't get me wrong. I would take Ryan Shamrock, too, but for other reasons. Well, after, based on this performance, I don't know why. She is the worst actress I've ever seen. And well, when she's coming to ringside, she's not wearing much anything either. There are many rumors as to why she left the WWE shortly after this. And the rumor is because they wanted to turn this angle into an incest angle Vince did between Ken and Ryan. So he was jealous. Jealous that it wasn't him. That's the direction they wanted to go. Which is really creepy. (laughs) This match led into WrestleMania 15, into a Fatal 4-Way match, and then literally just days after she she disappeared. Yeah. So... Ken Shamrock... Is fired up. And he's oh, he's fired up for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> he's fired up. But Val gets the upper hand early. You know why Billy Gunn is here? He mooned Ryan Shamrock a few weeks ago. That's why he's here. Yeah. Ken and Val don't do any wrestling moves at first because it's all strikes. These guys, this MMA legit fighter, doesn't do a suplex or a belly to belly until well into this fight. Nope, just strikes and clotheslines between these two guys. Ken, for a guy so concerned about his sister, he doesn't pay much attention to Ryan other than saying, I'm going to finish this, punk! Someone in the crowd, some asshole, brought an air horn for this match. Thanks. Shamrock finally hits the first wrestling move of this match with a scoop slam to Val Venus. Val tries a delayed vertical suplex, which is very wobbly, and hits it to Shamrock. Val hits a painful-looking inverted atomic drop right to Ken's uh, lower regions. Val hits a double underhook suplex, then a backbreaker with a stretch. Ryan Shamrock has literally stood ringside and done nothing. Not even lifted her arms up. Not even clapped for her man. Not even screamed at her brother. Just stands there. In an ode to Sheiky Baby, who was in the crowd that night, he applies a camel clutch to Ken Shamrock Yes, for ages. Billy Gunn, by the way, isn't even a good guest ref. He's not showing any bias at first. He's not really even counting that well. He's just sort of there. He's not doing anything either. He's barely doing more than Ryan Shamrock. Yes. Val is on offense for a long time until Ken seemingly breaks Val's neck with a stiff DDT, a nasty DDT. Billy Gunn goes for the count. One, two, and stops the count. For what reason, we don't know. Maybe it's something between them that we don't know about. (laughs) But he decides to screw over Ken Shamrock and extend this match. Why didn't you just count the three, Billy? Val hits a fisherman suplex for a two count. Val goes for the money shot, but Ken slams him off the turnbuckle. 
Ken hits a Hurricane Rana to Val, but fucks up and can't lock in Val's legs for the pinfall attempt. And Billy Gunn was in position and everything, but so this looked like shit. Belly to belly to Val from Ken, and then he locks in the ankle lock, which would be stolen from him by Kurt Angle. So Kurt Angle stole the Patriots theme song and Ken Shamrock's finisher. So it took a while for me to accept Kurt Angle because he's just stealing all of other people's shit. Ryan finally wakes up from her coma and goes and pulls Val to the ropes, saves her man. Ken goes out to admonish Ryan and says, What are you doing? Blood's thicker than water. And she stands there blankly and just looks at him. And then he says, slap me. <laughs> and Ryan Shamrock then slaps, delivers the slap to yes. Ken Shamrock. He might be into that sort of thing. I don't know. It may be. Maybe this is just, yeah, his kink. You know, the incest thing. Oh. Ken goes after Ryan. Gun, though, gets in the way and saves the day. Dex Ken throws him in the ring. Val rolls him up. Gun fast counts him. There you go. Val Venus, congratulations on your Intercontinental Championship. Billy and Ken haul ass to the back because they're going to brawl. Then Gun comes back out and beats up Val Venus. So congratulations. This match did nothing for everyone except Billy Gunn. Just a tiny, tiny bit for Billy Gunn here, getting his heat back at the end of the match. A foul leaves with the belt and the girl, so what can I say? This was shit, man. This was tough. Ryan Shamrock and her white dress was the best part of this entire match. Well, you could have just rolled out a wax figure of Ryan Shamrock because she is the worst. She didn't do shit. She is terrible. And I can't believe she got a second chance in WCW. Get a Mr. Socko t-shirt. For $25. He's the most recognized form of foot apparel in sports entertainment today. Loved by friends, feared by enemies. When mankind reaches into his tights and begins to pull, you know it's not just a sock, it's an adventure. It's Mr. Socko. And now you too can be a part of the rave and rage of Mr. Socko with your very own Mr. Socko t-shirt. To order, call 815-734-1161. Visit the WWF website or send a check or money order for 25 bucks plus shipping and handling to the address on your screen. Dig deep. Order now. We get some highlights of China turning on DX. What what a backstabber. Turning on her own boyfriend. China will team up with Corporate Kane before he was Authority Kane later on. He's Corporate Kane now. I mean, why wasn't he in the ministry? I don't know. He's going to take on X-Pac and Triple H. Now, this is a very rare DX intro video because they had to cut around China. She was edited out of this DX video. So, Triple H does his typical, are we ready? Someone tell Triple H, yes, we're ready. We've been ready. He's got a lovely braided hairdo, looking very, very fine here. Kane is out, and then China comes out to Mr. McMahon's No Chance in Hell theme, which was the corporation Corporation's theme. theme, so, you it's know. It's just weird that she came out to she has no Mr. McMahon's theme. Triple H, to let you know, this is a blood feud. Well, he insults her in the Are You Ready promo, but then, to make matters worse, Patrick, he ripped up her T-shirt. He's wearing her her T-shirt underneath. <laughs> underneath his DX shirt. Which he took off normally. 
and he rips it off. Oh, man. He Hulk Hogan rips right down the middle of Damn. it. Damn. It's time to brawl. Wipes his ass with it. Oh, jeez. And throws it in her face. This is too much. Triple H, oddly, is wearing red and black, so he matches Kane. It looks like they should have been the tag team here. Kane controls DX and tags China in. X-Pac tries a Bronco Buster to China but misses. China and Kane have some communication issues as they start jawing at each other. DX double-team the big man, and Triple H hits a shitty-looking top turnbuckle axe handle smash to Kane. You ever wonder why Triple H doesn't go off the top turnbuckle? Watch that axe handle. Triple H threatens to punch China. What a dirty heel this guy is, even though he's the face. After he gets cheap-shotted by her, but Kane saves the day. What a hero. Kane defending, even though he was burnt alive and kept secluded for all those years, he somehow learned chivalry somehow. So, he knows how to protect a lady. Shane McMahon then decides to join us on commentary, and he looks absolutely ridiculous in his suit and purple rounded glasses. Kane hits his signature clothesline to Triple H, tags in China, who decks her boyfriend with a stiff forearm. Triple H tries a vertical suplex, but China slips out of it and body slams Triple H. China looks like she legit injures her elbow when she misses an elbow drop to Triple H. Then Kane tags back in to deal with his future tag partner, X-Pac. The first man to get Kane to talk. Sock it! DX double-team Kane and eventually double-suplex him. China gets launched into Kane, who catches her. What a nice guy. Kane is a true hero for all the ladies out there. Is. It is Valentine's Day, I guess. He, he does look like the Valentine's Day monster, though, if you were to make one. He tries to take DX on his own. But they double-team DDT him, and then, even though they do this devastating move, Kane beats DX to their feet. X-Pac then goes on the outside of the ring after Kane, gets his focus uh, distracted, and goes and punches Shane, who is doing commentary. Kane catches X-Pac's spinning heel kick and drops X-Pac in a powerbomb, which looked great. Shane is very upset. How do you think I'd feel after getting punched in the face? This sucks. China hits a running power slam. The British Bulldog is spinning in his grave. And I guess China is too, so I should cut that. (laughs) China hits a running power slam on X-Pac and gets a two count. China crotches X-Pac on the ropes. China locks in a sleeper to X-Pac, but he back suplexes out of it. China doesn't tag Kane in. You know, she wants to do it herself. And decides to take on a fresh Triple H. Bad idea. He decks her. And then he dumps Kane out of the ring. He hits the high knee to China. Goes for another, but Kane low bridges him and Triple H goes sailing out of the ring. China, in a terrible job in the ring, conveniently flails around the ring until she lands in a corner so that X-Pac can hit his Bronco Buster. It looked terrible. Uh, Her setting up of it, not the Bronco Buster, which... Well, it looks terrible, too. Shane then decides, I've had enough. He goes in and decks X-Pac from behind, which would lead to their big WrestleMania match. And then X-Pac chases him. So now he's gone. Triple H disposes of Kane again, and then China gets another high knee. Kane blocks the pedigree attempt to China. Chokeslams Triple H. Lays China on Triple H. And all of a sudden we realize we don't have a fucking referee. No, the referee, Tim White, had chased X-Pac 
and Shane McMahon to the back. So now poor Tim White, not the most athletic of referees, has to come running from the back and slides in uh, seemingly minutes later and counts the three. And there you go. The corporation, China, gets the big win over DX here in this tag team match, which was something. Oh, it was something. All right. Another another raw quality main event, I would say. Uh, China, still very green, never really improved. What can you say, guys? So Cole and Lawler throw to the recap of the Rock-Mankind feud. You know the story. Mankind won the belt at Raw, lost it at Rumble, won it back at halftime heat. And so this is it. It all comes down to this. This is a great feud, though. Uh, well, the Rumble match is a vicious display of violence. Uh, unlike, I mean, it was... Halftime Heat was a great... Oh, God, the ending of Halftime Heat. And Vince on commentary. The Just, the uh, empty arena match. That's awesome. I'd love to see a halftime, the Halftime Heat. It's a last man standing match tonight for the title belt. We have to have a winner, right? Right. Rock focuses on the injured leg of mankind. By the way, I found it odd that Rock was still in his fucking tracksuit. He has been in his tracksuit this entire feud, which makes me think that typically when wrestlers cover up like that, it means they are coming off of uh, the juice, I think. I think uh, Rocky Maivia was a more puffed-up guy than The Rock. The Rock was a slimmed-down. Rock. I mean, he wasn't... I'm not going to say he was, like, really skinny, but he was not... Rocky Maivia or Rock of today, like just super jacked. And so I think he was slimming down here. Rock of today is like really jacked. Chiseled from stone. Yeah. It's okay that Mankind wears his stupid thing because it's part of his gimmick. But for Rock, (laughs) wear your fucking tights. Come to work. Come dress for fucking work, man. (laughs) You've been not dressing for work for a month. Rock focuses on the injured leg of Mankind. Lots of walk and brawl here. As they walk up the ramp, Rock gets thrown into the light fixtures. And then Mankind gets thrown into the light fixtures. They brawl into the tech area. And Mick hits a DDT on the Rock through the table. Rock back suplexes Mankind to the concrete floor. Another Mick Foley hitting the concrete bump, as we've become accustomed to on this show. Every week, we seemingly have this spot of Mankind smashing against concrete. Mick Foley, Cactus Jack, whoever... This dude just needs to learn to stay off the fucking concrete. Yeah. There's no reason for it. It's pretty bad. They eventually make it back to the ring. Mankind tries a people's elbow on the rock, but misses. They brawl back to the outside and Mick gets suplexed on the mats. At least there were mats this time. Rock does it three times for good measure. Rock goes and grabs the mic from Cole and says Mick looks like a monkey took a crap in the ring. And then he says something that's not so cool by rock standards. Here's what he says. He has a rock burger for Mick with extra rock sauce. Thankfully, Mick punches him before he can say more because that was a dumb thing to say. Well, I mean, I always think The Rock is great on promos, always says cool shit. Rock burger with extra rock sauce. Seriously, that's what you got for me. Mick does the Cactus Jack diving elbow to Rock, who was draped on the commentary table. Mick gets a sip of water and spits it in Rock's face, rolls Rock into the ring, and brings the ring steps with him. Rock boots the steps into Mick's face. Rock goes and gets the chair, hits four shots to Mick's knee. 
Thankfully, they gave him a break on head chair shots tonight. <laughs> Rock swings and misses a chair shot to Mick, and it bounces off the ropes and hits him in the face, which was pretty funny. Boing. Oh, I hit myself in the face with a chair. Happens all the time. Totally believable. Mick clotheslines them both out of the ring. Hits a swinging neckbreaker to Rock on the ring mats. Mankind wants a pile driver on the commentary table. And then another stupid bump. No surprise. Rock back body drops. Mick, not onto the other, the Spanish commentary table. No, instead he goes the other way. And Mick, with his leg, goes directly into the ring bell. And the rest of his body, oh, it goes onto a chair. Which looked disgusting. It looked terrible. Back of his head and his neck hit the table on the way down. <laughs> it was... It's oh god. Again, he could have gone on to the Spanish table. But no, not Mick Foley. No. He's gotta gotta do the most painful thing possible. This this was this was rough to watch. And then to make it better, Rock takes the steps into the ring and throws them down to Mick Foley, who was on the mats at full blast. Ouch. Rock brings Mick into the ring, hits the corporate elbow. And while Mick's unconscious and they're going to count, he says, no, no, no. I want the microphone. It's time to jaw with the crowd for a minute. Well, since Rock Baby left him, he found a new place to dwell. It's down at the end of Jabroni Drive at Smackdown Hotel. And Mick cuts off the Elvis impersonator with the mandible claw. Earl takes a ref bump. Mick tries to revive Earl, but Rock beats the count. Rock hits a low blow and DDTs Mick. Then Mick hits the double arm DDT on the chair to the Rock. But of course, Rock is Superman. Rock is Roman Reigns. He beats the count and meets Mr. Sacco. But Rock hits the Rock bottom on Mick Foley. They both beat the 10 count. They get up. They grab chairs. They turn towards each other. Running. Oh, here we go. A joust. Chair battle. Three, two, one, boom. Both cl- they clock each other at the exact same time. Both men are down. Both Earl- men are down. Earl starts the ten count and fuck you, Memphis. Oh yeah, you thought you were gonna have a finish tonight? Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> Both men lose a last man standing match. A pet peeve of mine. Because no one reaches their feet. Someone will eventually reach their feet, Patrick. Yeah. This is the. This happened in a Cena and Ryback match. It did. And it irritates. This, this can't happen. Follow them to the hospital. They yeah. both get wheeled to the ambulance and get hauled some the, When somebody gets to their feet. Doesn't matter when. Doesn't matter when. That's all I want. No double 10 count, guys. If you do a double. It's, here's what I think. If you do a double 10 count, the first person that gets both their the bottom soles of their feet. Planted underneath them wins. Right. Period. I, that's how I would do it. So we're left to believe that mankind will be headlining WrestleMania. Yeah. He's the champ. He didn't lose. And they surely wouldn't just change the title on Raw again. No. They just did it. Yeah. Anyway, check out WrestleMania 15 to see what happens. So. Now it's time for a recap of the Austin McMahon feud. We don't really need to explain to you the Austin McMahon. Are you sure? I think you know. Are you sure? Yes, I think. I think everyone's 
well accustomed to the Austin McMahon feud, but here's the promo piece so you can relive it. I can guarantee you, number one, that I will beat your ass up and down every side of that damn cage. I'm going to guarantee you not one corporate member will ever interfere. I guarantee you, Austin. I can guarantee you I will step right over your left carcass and walk my ass right into WrestleMania. After the cage match is over, the World Wrestling Federation for you will never, ever be the same again. There will be blood, blood shed, and it ain't gonna be mine. Austin, you're going to face each and every member of the corporation. Austin's got to run the gauntlet, and he ain't going to make it. It only ends when he can defeat one member of the corporation by pinfall or submission. Austin. Western Union blimp is in the air. Cole and Lawler get to fill a lot of time because well, it's your favorite cage that they decided to use yes. tonight. It's not the blue one, though. They no. painted it because it's the Attitude Era. In yes. Attitude, we don't have blue. It's no, only black. black. They bring out the old classic steel bar cage. I love this cage. Installed on the ring, and it takes them ages to install this, and the crowd goes mild. As I mean, this would... This just sucked the energy out of the room. Oh, yeah, this was your piss break. There you go. Why are they using this style cage, I wonder? I don't know. We'll see later. The crowd pops for Austin when the glass shatters, but a little subdued because, like I said, it was a long time between this match and the prior match. So the crowd was probably still coming back from the restroom. Out comes Mr. Roydy Magoo. Mr. McMahon, my goodness. This man is fucking pumped. He is jacked. This dude knew this match was happening probably six months ago, I guess. He knew this day would come. And he, he has been training. His upper body. I mean, Scott Steiner, eat your heart out, buddy. <laughs> this guy had traps upon traps. He had fucking muscles that I didn't know existed popping out of his fucking back. Mr. McMahon, good God. Because when you see him in a suit, you don't really know what's under there. And you I was think up- his shoulder pads, right? No, that's his actual... I was shocked the first time on Raw, probably, when he revealed his physique. Because I did not know. Yeah, I did not know the backstory of him being a bodybuilding enthusiast and him being obsessed and always wanting to be a wrestler, but Vince Sr. would never allow it. Yeah. And so I didn't know this was his dream yeah. or whatever. So the first time he takes that 
suit jacket off, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this dude is... He, he looks like Hogan, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he's really ripped. He... He is the narcissist like Slugger. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he is jacked. So Vince, wrestling in his signature black jeans, which he would uh, use throughout his wrestling career, and his little uh, tank top to show off the guns. Vince is scared to enter the ring with Austin. He's going to play some mind games. So Austin's in the cage. If He realizes if he goes in the cage, he's fucked. So Vince decides... Uh, you know, I'm not really feeling it. I'm just going to kind of walk around the cage. Austin gets fed up. Austin's like, well, shit, if you're not going to come in, I'm going to come out. So Austin goes out to get him and now... Gives chase. Turns into a chase. Around the cage. Yes. Austin didn't think to run in the opposite direction. McMahon slides in, shuts the door. So now Austin is outside the cage. So this match still hasn't started yet. And now Vince is safe in the cage. Austin goes to the side, starts to climb, thinking, I'm just going to climb my way in. McMahon climbs up on the other side, throwing punches, trying to keep him from getting in the ring. Come on, you son of a bitch. Austin's getting down. Austin's getting down. Oh, slips. Oh, man. Oh, no. On on the, the, the leg with the knee brace. Yeah. So Terrible. We, think, we oh, heard no. a pop. He just blew his ACL. He, his knee's gone. The biggest star in the company at the hottest time in wrestling. He's going to be out this for months. The, this is the worst moment possible because now he is going to lose to Vince McMahon. So Vince McMahon, like a shark smelling blood, gets out of the cage. Right. R- Austin drops to one knee and the ref is checking on him. Yeah. And Vince, yeah. Shark smells blood in the water. McMahon slides out of that cage and takes off charging to Austin. Oh yeah. This is the time. Austin hops up and gives him a clothesline that literally took his head off his shoulders. After Austin hits this, Austin gets the biggest smile on his face. Yeah. Austin loved Vince McMahon in this. It was just so amusing to Steve Austin, the, the links that Vince was going for for this match. Yes. It, Austin, it made me happy to yes. watch how excited Stone Cold was to see his boss you know, live his dream, like have this, you know, match and be as dedicated as he was to the match. He I was, mean, man. He was. And to, this is the, like, because you have to hide, Vince is not a trained pro wrestler, so you have to hide him with bells and whistles. And these guys worked out a brilliant way of covering, you know, for his lack of wrestling ability with yeah. all this stuff, because it kept you watching. It was entertaining. It, it yeah. never... It never occurred to me like, oh, they're just, this is hiding something. It, yeah. it felt fine. I thought it was awesome. Like, I I, I really enjoyed this match up up until the end, of course. So as we get, as we get up, we're climbing. Austin beats him down, throws him on the commentary table, chokes him with the cables, dumps him in the front row, which, yes. by the way, this front row, they should be upset. They did not have souvenir chairs, Patrick. Austin... Pours a beer on Vince. So Austin whips Vince into the ring steps. Vince stops the beating for a minute by whipping Austin into the cage. By the way, the match still never officially started. No. They brawl in the stairs of the arena and then to the ramp. We're walking and brawling all over the place too, guys. Vince tries to now escape into the cage, but Austin just laughs and grabs him as Vince can't. He's just too weak to climb that cage. And yeah, so Austin can just easily pull him down. He's climbing up it, and 
Austin climbs up beside him, grabs the back of his head, slams it into the cage, grabs it one more time, slams it into the cage, and Vance does the unthinkable. He literally loses balance, pushes himself off. and Must have practiced this a hundred times because it looked um, so rehearsed, you know, like he does a perfect back bump. Like no. This was ugly. No, it was not ugly. It this was, was a. He lands on the corner. No, this was by the book. He lands on the corner of that ring, of that announcer's table. Kick him off. McMahon again with kicks to the midsection. Austin with an elbow. McMahon is holding on by one hand. Come on, Mr. McMahon. The safest place for McMahon is the cage. Oh. The cage. Forehead into the cage. Oh my God. He's got to be 20 feet off the floor. No! No! Mr. McMahon! Kill! He may be dead! Mr. McMahon fell 20 feet! McMahon fell 20 feet off the steel cage through the Spanish announce table! Look at Austin! He's smiling! Is he alive? Stone Cold! feature now. Oh my god! And referee by Kiyota King is calling for help. We need help. He's hurt bad. The boss may be broken in half. Yes, he does the, I would call it the Sean Bad Blood 97 spot. So yes. he falls off the side of the cage, but more or less leaps himself and that was a does a beautiful back bump on that table oh, dude no that was hideous man i really felt for him i thought he had actually seriously messed up his back he was fine that was a rough do you think landing. anything's gonna hurt that back oh, that's true <laughs> the guy's made of stone so austin's in the ring here comes emts yeah sergeant slaughter the stretcher Comes out for Vinny Mack. Fink goes in the ring and he's ready to announce a winner, but Austin grabs the mic because he's a Uh, stupid uh. baby face. He should have just taken the win. Uh, uh. He says, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. Match never started, so Vince can't lose that easy. I promised a beating. Hey, is that son of a bitch still breathing? Hey, crowd, if you want me to finish this can of whoop-ass, give me a hell yeah. And this bloodthirsty Memphis crowd go crazy as they want to see the can of whoop-ass to be finished. Yeah. That's bullshit. What? When I came here, I said I made a few guarantees going into this match, which haven't happened yet. As far as I'm concerned, the match never really started because when the, the bell never rang and we was never in the ring at the same time, so uh-uh, he ain't gonna lose that easy. I guess he's got a point, King, but... What? No, jackass, jackass, that's you in the black. Is the son of a bitch still breathing? Well, since he is still breathing, if you want me to finish this can of whoop ass, give me a hell yeah. It was opened, but I guess it wasn't finished yet. It hadn't been consumed. 
Austin wheels Vince on the stretcher back to the ring and dumps him into the cage, smacks him with the backboard. Vince is now wrestling in a neck brace. Austin thankfully takes the neck brace off. King's voice is nearly completely gone by this match. Austin drops a couple of those second rope elbows to Vince, and the crowd goes crazy as Austin says, you know what, good enough, I'm going to the door. And as Austin goes to the door, Vince rises from the dead and says, fuck you, (laughs) and gives him the finger. (laughs) Flips off Austin. Austin. I love I love Austin's face here, cause he he looks at the crowd and he he's like, "Fuck me, F- no fuck him." <laughs> and he walks right back in there because he's an idiot baby face. He didn't just take the win like a good baby face would. He's a stupid baby face. He goes back in, says, "I'm gonna beat Vince's ass some more." He stomps a mud hole on Vince in the corner. Vince punches Austin in the dick for a second, which slows him down. Whips him into the cage, climbs the cage, but Austin just brings him right back into the ring. Austin throws Vince into the cage a couple times, which allows Vince to blade. Austin laughs at his blade job. He, Austin just is tickled to see Vince doing all of this. Oh, he Vince is really going all out for this match. Oh, yes, to his look. Even even in the worst Vince McMahon matches, the man the man gives it all he's got. Yeah, he gives 110% of anything and everything he does. Austin says, you know what? He's bloody, he's beaten. I guess I'll take this win. And he's just going to climb out of the cage. Yeah, he, instead of going out the door. No, So he starts climbing, he's going down the other side. You Once know, again, this bloody Vince McMahon <laughs> gets on his knees. <laughs> and you know what? He shoots him the double bark. Oh, Fuck man. you, you stupid motherfucker. More than one. Two, Patrick. Two. And Austin, once again. Stupid baby me. face. No, fuck you. And starts climbing back into that damn cage to beat the shit out of Vince once again. McMahon, though, tries to leave by going over the corner of the cage, but Austin stops him again. Eventually, we get it. The Stone Cold Stunner, which the crowd wasn't that hot for because they'd seen so many near finishes already. It was like, eh, kind of mild on the stunner. Vince did a better job selling it, though, than he did on those original stunners. The first one, yeah. Yeah. Austin. He's going to let Vince McMahon have an earful before he walks out that door. So he gets down, and he's yelling at Vince and saying, fuck you and fuck this, and I'll out see of, you. Out of nowhere. Scissors pop up out of the ring. What? <laughs> I'm watching Vince McMahon get an earful of Austin chewing him out. And I just see scissors come up through the <laughs> ring. You think Sid Vicious is under there or what? I I didn't know. All of a sudden you see this giant head of hair <laughs> yeah. come out. And you're a like, beautiful flowing mane. I'm like, is this it? Cousin it from the Adams family? What the hell? Then this giant girth. Of a human being. The world's largest athlete. Proceeds to climb out. Grab Austin. He sat there all night under the ring. It's all ama- fucking little night. Because there was no way in hell you could sneak him under during the live show. So his ass was in there all I wonder, night. I wonder when he got under there, actually. I guarantee. Maybe during the uh, when Vince was going on the gurney, because the crowds focused on that. And... Big Show could be crouched, you know, and he could maybe slip under at that point. 
How the fuck do you not see this giant of a man? And how does he fit under there? Seriously, like... Oh, he had to be laying on his back. There's no way in hell he's... He's just taking a nap. There's no fucking way in hell he could you just think sit been, there. Like a real giant, he's like... He lives under there. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's his... He's hibernating. He's been hibernating since WCW, <laughs> under the ring, the entire time. And he's awoken, but he's no longer the giant, because no. we already had one of those. Paul White. Instead, he's just Paul White. His real name. Grabs Austin by the back of the neck. Throws him... And helps him win the match! Th- a face turn, th- right there. Throws him into the cage. Throws him into another corner of the cage. Vince says, pick him up. I want you to launch him. Lawn dart him into... <laughs> yeah. Vince, who could have just walked out the uh, so cage. Picks him up. Launches him. The cage gives way. Swings open. Austin falls down. Both feet hit the ground. Ding, ding, ding. Your winner. And going on to main event, WrestleMania 15, Stone Cold Steve Austin. As Vince foiled his own plan. Yes. And Big Show, Paul White, as he would be known tonight, looked like an idiot. Yes. I mean, how about... Looked in great shape, though, by the way. One of the few times we could say that about Big Show and his uh, run, but... You know, when Vince said, why don't you throw him... Why didn't... Paul White just say, now Vince, I'll just hold him here because, you know, I've got so much power. I could break this cage open and cost you the match, but Big Show looks like an idiot here. I just thought this was a terrible way to debut this guy. I think it hurt him. There's better ways to debut this guy. This guy could have debuted at WrestleMania. Or you could have made promos. Big Show is coming or whatever they want. They originally floated the idea calling him Titan, as in Titan Sports. So whatever idea they had, they could have promoted it, build up some yeah. anticipation instead. Uh, he's here and he just uh, cost his team the match, basically. He's a dummy. And I kind of like that name, Titan, though. That... Uh, yeah, well, I would like it better than Big Show. I've always hated the name. The Titan Paul White. First name. <laughs> the way you just said it with his actual name, I like that. Yeah, a lot better than... The Titan Paul White. First name Big, last name Show. I hate that. I hated that. Never liked That's that. That's what we should have. they should have went with. The Titan Paul White. Yeah, and then the year the Tennessee Titans went to the Super Bowl, they would have had a great tie-in. Yeah. Well, the Titans got screwed in that Super Bowl, but still, we got fucked that year. Anyway, an incredible match. Loved, all, even with all the smoke and mirrors, very entertaining. Oh, outstanding matchup. Vince is an incredible actor. He went, he was completely committed to this match. Watching Austin just smile and have fun made me have fun yeah. in the match because I knew how much this guy was enjoying what he was I doing. I love this match. It's a fun match until the end. That's my <laughs> only problem with wish, I wish it ended any other way. Yeah. The debuting of Paul White in this man, like, and he didn't even play into WrestleMania really in the main event picture. But overall, this card, who the undercard, Patrick, really, really stunk oh. it up. I know you're gonna defend your boy Thurman, but the rest of it, Gold Dust, Blue Dust, loved the match, loved the gimmick, loved the idea, very entertaining. <laughs> no, the hardcore title match is worth watching if you have not seen this match. Find it, click on it, watch it. Bossman Midian, not really nothing. D'Lo Henry versus Double J and Owen, I would consider it a pretty good match. Very entertaining. 
uh, oh, good watch. Your match of the night, Val Venus and Ken Shamrock no. with Billy Gunn as guest referee. Skip this match. <laughs> That's 20. I would just skip the undercard, guys. That's... I would go right to the main event, and I would even skip the Rock and Mick Foley match. I love these guys, but they put on really? a much better show at Royal Rumble. If you're going to watch one of the... that. That Rumble match should have been the blow-off to the whole uh, feud, dude, honestly. that Rumble match was... We'll have to cover that Rumble match at some point in time, because that Rumble match is If they had great. given it a clean ending, I mean, or someone said, I quit. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can't have Mick Foley say, I quit. So he would have had to go over there, I guess. They backed themselves into a corner. Yeah. Because they can't have the hardcore legend saying, oh, I quit. Yeah, sure, I'd like to quit. Yeah. Uh, but this was not it was a lot of walk and brawl it was a lot like the Thurman Sparky plug match a lot of walk and brawl a lot of um, there were a couple of interesting spots the table in the tech area breaking that was kind of cool um, but it just didn't rock showing up in his fucking track suit again <laughs> sorry I'm gonna harp on that but and then to again to have another fucking screwy finish after you saw this is supposed to be the the end. We should have went ahead and established Rock Austin Mania tonight. Yeah, it's not fair to the people that ordered paper. Now I understand that I understand their logic because they're in a Monday Night War and they want to they want to win the war. They want to put the title change on Raw, which is fine. But I just think if I had paid for this pay per view, I would have been very upset but i guess as soon as you knew that it wasn't coming on last that there wasn't going to be a title change so well nothing could top austin and mcmahon no no one's going no one's going on past me on my show <laughs> damn it this is my night <laughs> this is my night to shine <laughs> yeah uh, congratulations to vince though what a what an amazing performance every time this guy you can always find something great about his yes. matches even in his terrible matches like against the uh, revived DX in you know 2006 or whatever you can still find something there him versus Brad at Wrestlemania oh god no I don't think so well on no, his side he sold fun. he sold for every fucking thing Brett did he did his best <laughs> and so it was a tough I think what I hate about that match is that he came out with all the the new heart foundation or whatever and it's like as soon as I saw that it's like well they're gonna turn on Vince it's like just Corey, like you just know what's gonna happen yeah. anyway. Well, Patrick, on our rating scale of Hornswoggle to Giant Gonzalez, where do you rank Saint Valentine's Day Massacre from the WWF? Ooh, that's rough. Uh, I'm gonna give it pretty high. I'm, I'm gonna give it really high. I'm gonna give it a special debut, Paul White. Wow. I'm going to give it a Ryan Shamrock. So there you go. Some things good to look at, but for the most part, not impressed. So this week is my pick, Patrick, and... Where are you taking us? I'm very curious. I have... Well... I sent us to the land of of Austin versus McMahon, so... I'm going to take us down an unusual path because... I need a break from three-hour pay-per-views, so the WWE Network recently uploaded WWE Home Video Classics, and the first home video classic that they uploaded is called Bloopers, Bleeps, and Body Slams from April 12th, 1985. This is in the vault section of the network, guys. 
if you want to follow along at home. Gorilla Monsoon treats the WWE Universe to an outrageous collection of hilarious surprises, including top superstars of the 80s from Hulk Hogan, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Andre the Giant, Captain Lou Albano. Enjoy these memorable moments on wrestling's bloopers, bleeps, and body slams as I spit all over myself saying this. (laughs) It's actually rated, Patrick, TV 14. Uh So there might be some edgy bloopers on there but this is one of those coliseum home video exclusives you know that there's a lot of good stuff here in this uh home video classics thing that uh, i think we could check out in the future but i wanted to start with this one because i've probably never seen a lot of the stuff on on this tape so it's only yeah it's only an hour long okay this is the retro wrestling podcast you can follow us at retro w podcast on twitter or on the Retro Wrestling Facebook page. Where can they find you, Patrick Young? Uh, Patrick Young or Patrick Young Wrestling on Facebook. You can always message me at our Retro Wrestling Podcast Facebook page. Alex will send it to me, or if I see it first, I will uh, gladly answer any and all questions you have about the pro wrestling business. Well, that'll do it for this week. I'm intern Alex. I'm the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Saying, as always, my closing line's a clothesline. And bingo. And bango. Do you remember your debut in the WWE? With you? Yes. yes. St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Yes, where well, you were like 900 rest- pounds and I tried to throw you through the cage. No, get this. I'm working with Vince, right? Mm-hmm. And you come up to the bottom of the, uh, the mat. Right. Come through. And, dude, here's the thing. You throw me in there. There's footage. Watch this. Just watch this. Now I'm going to fly for you. Oh, there he is. Oh, no. Watch. He throws me so hard. Let's just shoot. Dude, I was going to hand those bumps up for you a little bit like rock, but you literally shoved me so hard. I mean, dude, it's like a bear. Watch it. This is why I win the match here. I like the. If they keep, oh. they keep this, uh, you can see this. Uh, you got Watch his Watch his mouth. Bunch of expertise here. Okay, they cut it off. But I was not I was giving you the, the, the what for. That was all in character. My point is, when we saw the size of the dude, give me this camera right here. Dude, it's like working with the freaking grizzly bear. This <laughs> son of a gun grabbed me by the back scruff of my neck and threw me in that damn cage. I was going to work for you and give you the big sell like Rock used to take my stunner, but you threw me with such force. What's funny is Vince told me to sling or else you wouldn't sell it. Was it, did I have a reputation for not selling? Well, Vince told me, he says, look, you got to go out there and manhandle him or he won't sell it. Well, God dang, you manhandled me, damn near killed me and broke my neck. I didn't break your neck. No, but I mean, I was trying to, I, I was, I was trying to get I you over. I was trying to protect you. I want to show the Stone Cold character was strong. Well, I'll tell you what, you ain't going to get hot about it. <laughs> Son of a gun. I, no, uh, I know the last time I made you hot is when I pulled your trunks up. Well, I want to get that story in a minute.